Peace and God bless. Chapter 3. Cruel and Unusual Punishments. Attention on deck. A uniformed guard with a submachine gun slung over his chest yelled as Azrael entered the security hub. All personnel rose to their feet and snapped to attention to acknowledge the FTC. As you were, Azrael replied, please continue. He gestured with his hands. Supreme Commander, Lieutenant Commander Higgs addressed her superior. The suspect is currently in interrogation room one, she said, leaning, leading the way through the security corridor. She stopped at the retina scanner before entering the long gray hall. What pain thresholds did you cross? He inquired. We've only just begun, the commander explained. We're going to do our best to conduct this interrogation by book, hence we're still on level one. He's not talking, she explained. I will make him talk, he said, walking towards the interrogation wing. That won't be necessary. We have our best on the job, the acting lieutenant commander insisted. Yeah, I'm sure, but this is personal for me, and I really love this game. He smiled sadistically as he entered the cell. What is this? He asked, looking at a bucket of water. Waterboarding? This is kid stuff, he said, kicking the bucket onto the floor. It splashed on the prisoner who was bound to the table. Asriel took the burlap bag off the suspect's head to see his face. You're Bradley, right? He asked the suspect with his best good cop impression. Fuck you, Asriel, Coon King, the suspect said and spat a thick mucus-filled wad of spit at the first citizen's face. The metal table the prisoner was bound to allowed him to lift his head. There was a strap for his forehead and chin, but it wasn't applied. Azrael wiped his face with a paper towel and smiled. The guard strapped Bradley's forehead and chin to prevent further assaults. Azrael ominously leaned over Bradley's face and entered storytelling mode. During the Second American Civil War, the President of the United States authorized special operators to perform field interrogations to prevent the damage and destruction of public infrastructure. Azrael presented his preamble. For instance, if we had credible intel, a suspect had knowledge that could stop a large-scale terrorist attack, we could perform a field interrogation, also known as torture on an individual to extract that information in the field, he said in his storytelling voice. This came to be known as the Field Interrogation Act of 2024, he explained softly. During that gruesome four-year bloody battle, I've learned quite a few tricks to make men talk, he insisted as he stroked the suspect's face with what seemed to be genuine tender affection. You were kind enough to provide your name, outfit, political, racial, and religious ideologies, he said, removing a slim dagger from a sheath on his waist. The truth is, I don't give a shit about any of that, he said, twirling the blade in his left hand. I want to know where your boss is, what's your organization's next move, and what's the end game, he said calmly. Fucking nigger demon, I'm not telling you shit. The rude suspect in the MAGA shirt cursed from the cold metal table. That's the spirit, Azriel said sarcastically with a smile. That makes the game way more fun. 
he said, smothering the suspect's mouth and nose with his open palm. Bradley squirmed and Azrael pressed on with more force. You know, Bradley, I never really understood white racism, he confessed, while he pushed harder with his palm. Or at least the angry part of white supremacy. I get it. You want to dominate the world with a white man at the helm, like how it was for the last 2,000 years or so. But even when the white man was in power, I emphasize when, because I ruled the world now, but when white male supremacy dominated, racist white males were always angry at black people. He explained, nigger this, nigger that, go back to Africa, coon or what have you. Some angry white people even committed violent hate crimes against the black community. If anyone should have been terrorizing and killing, it should have been black people as well as people of color. We had all the motives and the means, but we didn't. Your ancestors did an excellent job on applying the divide and conquer strategy. That's another story. I digress. He said, leaning over to drink the fear from Bradley's eyes. Me, personally, I learned to loathe all ethnicities equally, Azriel told Bradley as his eyes bulged when his face turned red. When you think about it, there's only one race, humanity. That is why I cannot find it in myself to be racist, he ranted as he removed his hand from Bradley's nose and mouth. Bradley desperately gasped for air and lacked the courage or the will to utter another racist remark. I'm in the position to be Adolf fucking Hitler and serve the coldest revenge for white people's crimes against humanity, Azrael threatened, but I will not start a race war. The first global citizen promised, however, I will annihilate all religious extremists. Azrael spoke with deep conviction. So, tell me, my racist friend, are you willing to cooperate? He asked. That was a, a very touching speech. I see why they elected you. Powers of Satan is high and whatnot, Bradley commented with a touch of sarcasm. But, uh, you've got a lot of names we call people like yourself, he said, leaning up to look at Azrael in the eyes. You forgot. Porch monkey, spear chucker, tar baby. Bradley chuckled. Get it? Because you're black, like tar, and our ancestors used to tar and feather you when you tried to run away from the plantations. Bradley continued. Oh, spook. What else? Uh, the young kids call you nigger with a GGA. He explained when they're singing those rap songs. Bradley laughed, taunting his torture. It made sense. If you're going to experience excruciating pain and a quick agonizing death, why not resist it with insolence? You don't get extra points for being polite to your torture. Why not talk a little shit? Azrael began to smother Bradley again. Guards removed the suspect's pants under and undergarments. Azrael commanded passively. The guards complied and Bradley's genitals were exposed. When I was deployed to Iraq, I always used to say, I'd rather have my head blown off than my dick, Nazriel shrugged. Now, as I become wiser, my penis has gotten me into so much trouble. 
I find the act of castration to be somewhat. <sighs> he paused as if searching in deep thought for the right word. Liberating. Granted, I never found the courage to do it myself. Still, I bet I would be far more productive if I weren't subservient to my dick. Allow me to liberate you, Bradley, Azrael said, twirling the knife. Did you know that the tip of the penis is the most concentrated nerve network on the human body? He asked, sharing a fun fact. He continued the squirming suspect's mouth. He continued to hold the squirming suspect's mouth as he shared his knowledge. The nerves are the super highway to pain. The more concentrated the nerve endings are, the more pain can be felt, he shared, as he slowly ran the cold steel blade on the inside of Bradley's legs. I really had, wish I had the time for foreplay. Your outfit took someone I cared about today, and, my, and if my wife wasn't making her famous jerk lobster macaroni and cheese, I would be sodomizing you with long spiked dildos for days, he growled, showing his teeth. He changed his tone. And that would just be a warm-up, he insisted calmly. As we are short for time, and I must deliver a speech and make it home for dinner, we're going to make this quick, he promised. See this blade? Asriel asked, holding the dagger in Bradley's line of sight. I'm going to slowly thrust the tip of the knife into your little urethra, maybe like a quarter of an inch, and then I'm going to slowly flay the foreskin of your shrimpy manhood, he explained. You'll pass out, but we have smelling salts and adrenaline on deck. I assure you, this will be the worst hand job ever, he growled, squeezing Bradley's face in his powerful grip. Wait, 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 Bradley cried as Azrael released his mouth. His demeanor changed to a more manageable tone. I'll, I'll, I'll talk. I'll, I'll talk. I'll, I'll fucking tell you everything. Please, don't, don't flay my dick. He cried. I, I work for Duke Pennington. He finances the Kipler. Bradley explained. Where is he now? Azrael inquired in a calm, controlling tone. He, he could be anywhere. He's either in the sky, on his super plane, or, or his submarine. He has automated refueling drones keeping his jet in air. He also has a mega sub where he can cruise around international waters undetected, Bradley insisted. How do you contact him? Azrael asked. I don't, Boss Duke. He would contact my handler, Jim, but Jim's dead now. Died in the shootout, Bradley relayed. Hell. I'm supposed to be dead, too. Fuck my life, Bradley muttered. You'll be dead in due time. Now focus, Bradley. Ashley's Azrael snapped his fingers in front of his face. What's the next attack? He asked in his good cop voice. Even if I told you, you'll never stop the attack, Bradley said confidently. But scared? Humor me, Bradley. We still want to know, Azrael insisted. Bradley shook his head. Boss Duke acquired some nuclear warheads from an Air Force general. They're, they're gonna nuke this place off the map, Bradley spat. Azriel's eyes were wide. Nuclear armed terrorists, he thought. How many nukes? Azriel asked. More than two. I, I don't know any more beyond that, Bradley said. He appeared to be telling the truth. I see. Finally, what's the end game of your organization? Azriel asked, folding his arms. Verily I say unto thee, Bradley began, 
the time of our Lord is near. We aim to vanquish the black man and the wicked in order to prepare for the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Yadavu Christ. He recited the propaganda by heart. Vanquish the black man, huh? Azrael asked. We'll see about that. I appreciate your cooperation, Bradley. I think we're done here. Azrael said, sheathing his dagger. Will I get to speak to my attorney now? Bradley asked. Azrael laughed. You've been charged with hate crimes and terrorism, buddy. You don't get any trials or phone calls or attorney privileges for that matter. The evidence for your case has already been submitted to a board of artificial intelligent judges. You've been found guilty based on the abundance of evidence and the weapons and explosive security removed from your person. He turned and walked close enough for Bradley to spit on him. You will die within the hour by crucifixion, he said cheerfully, clapping his fingers together. Cruci what? Bradley asked. That's um, that's some cruel and unusual punishments, he pleaded. Perhaps in the country formerly known as the good old U.S. of A. But in the constitution of the First World Order, there's no such amendment, he informed. Do you know why? Azrael asked the trembling Bradley. N -n no, Bradley spat. Finally spat out in a crunch. It's because terrorism is an attempt to grab power with fear. He said in a menacing voice. Power? Azrael said. I'm never giving that shit up, he informed. This administration fights terror with terror, Azrael roared with a sinister smile. If you're brave enough to commit violence against civilians and state officials for your god and your so-called superior white race, then surely you must be brave enough to face slow castration with the rusted knife or crucifixion for that matter, he said gesturing with his hands. Everyone wants to kill for their little bitch-ass racist flag, Azriel said with a glare. Murder's the easy part. It's nothing but four pounds of pressure on the trigger finger, Azriel said, squeezing his finger like a gun. He thought about pushing a sidearm in Bradley's face for emphasis, but decided against it. Bradley had a long day. He was about to die on a cross, and he had to adhere to weapon safety, of course. How many of you are willing to die for your banners and your lord? Azriel asked. Bradley only whimpered. Will you renounce your lord and savior, Yadava Christ, in the Christian faith? Azriel asked like a satanic inquisitor. Yes, yes, sir. Bradley cried. Please don't crucify me, he pleaded. I accept your renunciation. Perhaps it will sway me to hasten your crucifixion, Azriel said dispassionately. But I renounce Yadava. Please, mister. Bradley pleaded, my title is first global citizen. Azrael corrected sternly. You mean you're not going to honor you mean you're not honored to die like your lord and savior? He asked plain confused on Bradley's lack of excitement. The US Constitution is no longer valid. After they declared bankruptcy, it all faded away. That nonsense about no cruel or unusual punishments. Tuh he laughed aloud to Bradley's horror. You're gonna die on that cross for the world to see, and then I'm gonna kill all your buddies in a similar fashion. This is the mandate henceforward for religious terrorists, he promised. When I'm finished, the cross will no longer be a symbol of salvation. It will be reduced back to its original form, an instrument of death. He smiled while steepling his fingers. 
Will it? Will it hurt? Bradley asked sheepishly. Fuck yeah, it's literal torture, he snickered. You'll die slow from the weight of your own body, crushing your lungs to the point of organ failure, he explained to Bradley. Based on the method, it could take anywhere from 10 minutes to a few days. We're doing it indoors so no animals or birds will eat you like the good old days. He jabbed Bradley in the shoulder a lot harder than playfully and said, See, I'm not that cruel. Since this will be a live event, we're going to make it a marathon. He said, stretching out his arms and across for emphasis. Hang in there, Bradley. You'll be dining with Yadava before you know it. He said, pinching Bradley's left cheek. He nodded to the guards and left the interrogation room. The intel regarding the nuclear strike was passed on to the security hub, who deployed capture or kill teams to find Duke Pennington. They also prepared to defend against a nuclear strike. Additional plasma cannons were being prepared for installation. They were equipped with sensors designed specifically to detect incoming nuclear ordnance. Everyone had their marching orders and Azrael had to prepare a speech. He headed to the top floor of the penthouse to absorb the sky in 360 degrees. He did his best thinking and meditation in space. No one was permitted here but him. Azrael looked around to the endless stars and felt powerless. He breathed deeply and wondered if Shamika's soul was drifting amongst the cosmos. He summoned his sense of stoicism and dismissed his sentimental thoughts. He was powerful. He was the most powerful man on the planet. He was tiny under the stars, but on earth he was the closest thing to God. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Azrael thought. He switched his vibration to one of wrath and conquest. He wouldn't be delivering his speech as the first global citizen, but as the parallel military role, the supreme commander of the world's army. We're going to kill all you motherfuckers, he rehearsed. No, too vulgar, he asserted. Can't let them see sweat, he thought. People of Earth, I come before you scarred from battle for my life and liberty. The world's capital, our heaven, was attacked by a terrorist organization known as the Christians People's Liberation Army. Lieutenant Commander Shamika Emerald was killed in action. He, he paused. That's not it. Yasmin already did the press conference. This is merely an address to the enemy. He took a moment and breathed while staring into the great abyss. He caught himself daydreaming and thought he saw something floating out in space. He dismissed the thought after his robot failed to detect any movement. Focus, he said to himself. I know what I have to say in my speech, short and sweet, he thought as he headed to the recording studio. Dear global citizens, we are now at war with Christian fundamental extremists and white supremacy, he explained calmly into the camera. I'm declaring Christianity a terrorist organization. I'm also initiating a global state of emergency and seizing emergency war powers as the global supreme commander of the world's security forces. Unto the opposition I must say the following. He paused to sharpen his fiery dragon eyes. Vile Christians of the world who harbor white supremacist plots. You are involved in a grand conspiracy to insurrect the world government. Your treasonous, murderous acts have killed our Minister of Defense and wounded me grievously, he said slowly and coldly.
Look upon my face and see the disfigured mask of death and vengeance. He paused to turn the burnt side of his face with the mechanical eye of the camera. We have critical incredible intel. The Kipler is planning further attacks of greater magnitude. I accept your declaration of war and will bestow unto thee total annihilation. He promised with a clenched fist. He breathed deeply and steepled his fingers. Henceforward, all churches are closed, all Christian gatherings are illegal, all Bibles shall be burnt, and any so-called Christian will die on the cross like Yadhova. Azrael said coldly into the camera as his black mechanical eye flared in the light. And now, the main event. Drum roll, please, he said with a more cheerful tone. The drum roll followed and the camera turned to the grand stage. With the large purple curtains drawn, the curtains were pulled back to reveal a plastic cross lying flat on the center stage. A struggling man was laying on it, while two burly guards were fastening the prisoner to the cross with large plastic zip ties. The prisoner struggled, but one of the guards struck him on the chin and he went limp. The guards grunted as they lifted the cross with the overweight prisoner bound. Once they successfully heaved it upright, the cross was placed into a platform with a thud. The bound man regained consciousness. Here's our first convicted Christian terrorist. Adriel voiced over the live footage of Bradley's crucifixion. The comments were flooding in on the live feed. This is inhumane. You should be impeached and hung. At Smurf Cop 2024 wrote, these radical Christian extremists deserve to die. They have committed modern crusades in the Middle East for far too long. This makes me proud, said Allah is great, 6969. No one wins in a holy war. Not all Christians are terrorists, said at Mother Teresa's ghost. Bradley is a Christian martyr and will not be forgotten. We will avenge you shortly, brother. Go with God and prepare a place for me, at Duke Pennington wrote. God has invested power in me to smite nations with the wrath seen in Sodom and Gomorrah. Our heaven will fall in a heap of flames, at Duke Pennington added. Shortly after his comments got over one million likes, Bradley still hung, suffering on the cross, as the comments continue to rack up. This is taking a lot longer than I thought, Azrael said to himself, noting the time. He ordered the guards to break Bradley's legs to speed up the crucifixion process. In theory, Bradley wouldn't be able to prop himself up on his legs and would suffocate faster. The bigger guard whacked the prisoner's right shin with a sledgehammer. The brittle bone shattered on impact with an ear-piercing crack. The blood profusely leaked from the wound, dripping down his fibula. Although Bradley was gagged, his screams of agony could not be muffled. The guard swung the massive hammer and struck the prisoner again, shattering his other shin bone. The sound of bone cracking under the weight of steel was chilling to hear. All the blood drained from Bradley's face as a tsunami of pain washed over his frame. He shuddered, screeched, and then he went into shock before he passed out. His shoulders and chest slumped as he struggled to breathe as he hung spread eagle on the plastic cross. The guards poked at him with their rifles to bring him back to consciousness. He was still fading in and out, 
Bradley smoked a pack of cowboy cigarettes every day, and he was grossly out of shape. Bradley didn't run fast, or much at all, and was easy to apprehend alive. He didn't last 10 minutes. Shortly after his legs were broken, Bradley's flabby chest rose and sunk for the last time. His head dropped, and his chin rested on his chest. It is finished, Azrael said, pleased with the performance. And thus shall be the fate for all Christian terrorists. Azrael concluded his speech. The comments continued and it was clear. His approval ratings were dropping like a stone. He paid the metrics no mind. Azrael glanced at his wrist computer. It was 1644 and dinner was at 1700. He survived day one on the job.